0: What's the outlook for new business aircraft sales and utilization as we look toward 2021 and emergence from our COVID year? From the National Business Aviation Association, this is Flight Plan. I'm Rob Finfrock with your trusted source for business aviation news. We have a vaccine. Several, in fact, worldwide and possibly more than one in the United States by the time you're listening to this. And while it will certainly be some time still before impacts from COVID-19 on our lives and our industry are behind us, many of us are probably looking toward 2021 with perhaps a bit more enthusiasm today than we did just a month ago. But will that drive a similar rebound in the sales and utilization of new business aircraft? To answer that question, I'm pleased to welcome three respected analysts in our industry. Richard Abalafia is Vice President of Analysis at Teal Group. Roly Vincent is Creator and Director of JetNet IQ. And Brian Foley is Founder of Brian Foley & Associates. Brian, let's begin with you, and let's begin with taking a look at where we are at the end of 2020 before we look toward 2021. Where does the market for new business aircraft stand today, particularly in comparison to where it was earlier this year? Yeah, so I think we're
1: forecasting that for this year, overall, business jet deliveries will be down 20, 25 to 30 percentage points. So it's it's a pretty big hit. Most are figuring that next year we'll start clawing back a little bit. And it could be the year after, or maybe even the year after that, before uh, things get back to kind of how they were in 2019, which which wasn't a great year, but it was improving over the year before. So that's something to look forward to. For those of you who maybe followed me over the years, I, I tend to be the stick in the mud, the one that maybe tends to be a little more conservative. And I've got to say, you know, I have us coming back slowly next year, but I'm kind of peeking over the fence over at the pre-owned side. And remarkably, even though that... Industry was closed down for March and April while people were pinned down in their places. There might be as many used sales or even more this year than in 2019. And normally, you know, the tide lifts all boats. And I suspect that some of that could overflow to new airplane sales next year. So I might have to sharpen my pencil a little bit. And the, the, the recovery, I'm hoping, might be even a little bit
0: faster than my conservative view. We discussed used aircraft sales a few weeks ago on Flight Plan, and it is interesting how that market has responded a bit differently to this crisis. Rolly, what do you see in the current new aircraft market?
2: I I couldn't echo more of the uh, comments Brian made regarding the outlook. I think we took a massive hit in in Q2. No one was prepared for it, of course. The OEMs made the appropriate cuts, and, and they made them quickly to their credit. We saw an awful Q2. Q3, obviously, a rebound from that. And then back to maybe a little bit more normality as we move towards the, the year end for the year our forecast will be down 29 percent year over year that is across all uh, business jet categories turboprops probably down a little bit less than that uh, they're holding up quite well in fact and you can really see it in the pre-owned numbers as well turboprop sales and sales at the lower end of this market have been relatively brisk uh, compared to other ends of the market so last year on the new airplane side the uh, Delivery units were up around 15 points. And uh, this year, uh, down 29 next year, we think it'll be up probably high single digits, 7-8% over where we end this year. We think we'll end this year, uh, including the big seven players, Cirrus, Pilatus, Honda, Textron, Gulfstream, Embraer, Dassault, and Bombardier. I think we'll end up around uh, 580 units of delivery. That'll be down 28-29 points and then up a little bit next year.
0: What do you think, Richard?
3: Yeah, you know, I'm feeling a lot better having uh, had this conversation, especially with Brian there, because I remember back after 2008, he put out his Lost Decade Ahead study, and I thought he was full of it. And by about year five, I began to realize he had a point, and by year 10, oh, I'm afraid he was dead on. <laughs> so it's uh, rather uh, happy to hear that he's beginning to see some light at the end of this. And I, I think uh, this time, uh, absolutely, he's he's right again. One problem, of course, is that we're not only living in the age of missing information, we're living in the age of conflicting information. All the drivers behind business aircraft demand are sort of heading in unusually weird directions. Usually, for example, corporate profits and equity markets agree with each other rather than radically diverge. And then you've got other indicators like, say, the price of fuel, which has a clear correlation with high-end business jet demand that's way down, while other indicators are generally kind of positive. So we're just looking at a bunch of squiggly lines heading in unusually weird directions. But at the end of the day, I I very much agree with Brian and Rowley that things look pretty good. And I think also we've got to take a moment to look at our, uh, well, (laughs) fellow industry colleagues over in the commercial jet side. I cover that as part of my waterfront too. And, you know, in terms of utilization and in terms of New build demand and used aircraft demand, that's, uh, as our British friends say, a dog's breakfast compared to this. So it's hard not to look at business aircraft and say, hey, I'm kind of optimistic and feeling good about life compared to the alternatives.
0: And how about new business aircraft deliveries?
3: I agree with the 580-something number that Roley just sent out. You know, I think we're all looking at the same data, a lot of which comes from Roley and his organization. And I guess my real concern, though, another bit of missing information— we don't know what is due to the exigencies of the pandemic. People not able to travel to take acceptance, factory closures, disruptions in the supply chain level, everything like that. And what is a genuine market issue with people, you know, like in 2008 being bankrupt and not willing to take a jet or not able to take a jet. So it's it's really hard to tell. I'm going to make the brave assumption that a lot of the downturn this year is because of the exigencies of the pandemic rather than the structural market weakness we saw back in 2008.
1: Brian? Well, the the good news was as compared to 2008 timeframe, order holders kept their places in line and didn't run away. So that was a good thing. So overall, there wasn't much impact to the existing order book when things started going down in March. What happened, though, is that there weren't a lot of New buyers bellying up to the bar to place, and I suspect they're kind of standing down to see how the everything from the elections went, to see where the, the pandemic's going, and I think slowly but surely we're starting to get some vision on how things could play out with the folks being vaccinated, you know, no later than the March, April, May timeframe, you know, depending on where you fall in the pecking order, but that's. That's all good stuff, and hopefully looking at that and also taking the leading indicator of maybe the used activity, um, we could see a little more activity in the new end than we've seen lately.
0: Rolly, what do you see affecting new aircraft deliveries?
2: Well, it's fascinating. We're here. We are just days away from the end of the year, and I like to be watching the markets on December the 32nd, which is the most interesting day of our business aviation industries year. It's when the, the stuff that happens at the end of the year gets all pushed into those last days and hours and even minutes. That's fascinating period. We have an industry uh, on the OEM side, on the supply chain side, that really packs in a lot of the work into the last three months of the year. And when you stare at the last three months of the year, you have to actually then look at it again and say, well, it's the last month of the year. And, and we see some real gymnastics to get to, Product to to customers into customers' hands to make the year and, and you know to ring the bell if you like at uh, the OEM. So we're going to see even more of that this year. Why do I even bring that up? Because we really lost a few months. Uh, we lost probably two months in all companies across the supply chain. And you add it all up, tally it all. It's probably three months of disruption, massive disruption in our industry. All of that uh, we, we're trying to put behind us and get work done and, and, and accomplished, and, you know, the signatures and the paper and the exchange of the uh, title. But uh, a lot has to happen here in this last few days. I, I fear that we're going to lose a few over, over the line. In some cases, customers will not be able to get to a delivery pickup place, if you like, a place to have the airplane delivered for tax or other reasons, or they just can't get to the facility, the uh, completion center. So let's hope that's not the case, uh, but it almost certainly will be.
0: Coming up, we'll delve into the factors that will affect new aircraft sales and utilization in the new year. And it's not just COVID. But first, a word from NBAA.
3: NBAA Flight Plan listeners, are you getting all the info you need in this COVID moment? We're the definitive source for your next mission with everything you need in one continually updated place. Visit NBAA.org slash coronavirus today and make sure you're prepared.
0: We're back now with Richard Abalafia, Brian Foley, and Roly Vincent. Roly, I looked at some numbers just before this discussion, and the consensus on business aircraft activity for the year, at least in North America, seems to be that we'll end up somewhere between 15 and 20 percent down compared to 2019. Now, that number certainly could have been far worse, but is it safe to expect flight activity to pick up steam in the new year?
2: Everything's linked to the vaccine and to the opening of international borders. There's a real cap on utilization of North American flights. For example, in the US, around 15% of the jet cycles are for flights that are going over our borders uh, into another part of the world, from Canada going down into the US. And and if you look at Canadian flight operations, a much higher proportion is international. A lot of the flights are north, south, into the US and back. So uh, until the borders open up and there is no visibility yet on that, we're gonna see a cap on flight operations. For the U.S., that cap is probably around 15%. And then uh, for other places, uh, many other places, Mexico, Canada, certainly around Europe, the cap is even higher. So we're seeing strength in charter activity. We're seeing uh, rebounding strength in fractional activity towards the last few months in particular. Private and corporate flight operations are still very much at a lower l- level maybe 30% off and 40% in some cases. So that doesn't come back until there's underlying demand for business flights, uh, business purpose flights, not just you know, connecting homes and, and families together, but actually doing business. We're not seeing that as much. And, and that goes back to some comments that Brian and Richard have met, mentioned regarding overall economic activity and the need to, to stop working from home and actually get on an airplane and, and see each other again.
1: Do you agree, Brian? It's interesting to look at, as we know, you know, I don't don't track this for a living, but airline flights are down, let's say, 65%. As far as uh, business aviation goes, we're down maybe 15% or so. That tells me that when business comes back, which should be next year, we should, you know, get above that 15% deficit and and probably get into positive territory where we actually have some growth over pre-pandemic. I think we're going to come back pretty strong in utilization because we've only dropped 15% with practically no business activities going on, no conferences, no business meetings. So it could be a, a nice little hit. For the airlines, though, they'll, they'll come back from minus 65% to 50 to minus 35 you know, one day. But I, I think we'll uh, beat that odd. And it must be because of some newcomers that came in that can help us uh, get over that utilization level that we were at before
3: totally echoing brian on this i think it could be a really good rebound year you know for me one of the big questions for business aviation is how sticky will the newcomers be you know it's obvious that uh, folks have moved into particularly charter maybe fractional to a certain extent you know experimenting with it given the absence of alternatives that they feel healthy about as it were will they decide they like it and they're going to stay here There's a fair amount of precedent for thinking that sort of experimentation is sticky. In which case, again, I would endorse Brian's view that we could have some nice tailwinds with us moving forward.
0: As Rolly said, whatever level of sales and flight activity we see in 2021 will depend in large part on how the world responds to the availability of a COVID-19 vaccine. Richard, are there any other factors you see that might also influence the market in the new year?
3: Well, still concerned about the traditional indicators. If oil comes back, that's fine. But if it stays suppressed, you know, a significant chunk of the large cabin market does depend upon demand in oil-rich economies and resource extraction corporations. So that could be down. Historically, there is a correlation. Also, uh, you know, corporate profits, for obvious reasons, in the dumps who's going to win, equities markets or corporate profits? Or will corporate profits make a recovery or will equities markets decline? It's going to be very interesting to see. I'm, I'm hoping that things recover across the board economically and that corporate profits rejoin equities markets as strong indicators. But if it goes the other way, obviously there's no way that wouldn't have an impact on business a- aviation demand. And then finally, you know, a lot of people who... Look at the broader travel sector, are concerned about the impact of new technologies. I'm not. Uh, I tend to think, you know, we've had these with us for years and there's a lot of pent up demand to get out and see clients and friends and relatives and whatever. But I understand where these people are coming from. Maybe, you know, there's going to be an impact of some sort of, well, the, you know, Zoom and, and WebEx and whatever. On uh, particularly intra-company travel, not client-facing, but intra-company, and and I understand and respect that point of view. I just don't, I I just don't agree with it.
0: Rolly, how do you think business aviation will move on from the era of Zoom meetings? I think there's definitely a role for this type of technology
2: going forward. I can see uh, an impact on conventions and and so, so we have a lot of industry gatherings. I think some of the key ones that I love going to, and I'm sure uh, everyone on this call likes, you know, the bigger ones. that... Whether it's base or Farnborough or Paris, these sorts of things—it's fascinating. We just heard that Paris Air Show is canceled for next year. Oh my goodness! To your point about the first half, it looks tough. But technology going forward, I think—I'm sure I'm not alone. I'm not—I'm kind of zoomed out. You know, like I mean, uh, we didn't know what Zoom was six, eight months ago, and now, it, it, you know, it works well. for what it's supposed to do, but like most others find it difficult to originate business over a Zoom call. I mean, it's one thing to reconnect and, and connect with uh, colleagues and people we've known before, but when it comes to doing you know, originating business, uh, this is not the way to work, and uh, I don't want it to be the way to work. And if others do, then, well, I'll be face-to-face while they're trying to Zoom to, to create a deal. Uh, I think face-to-face is how business works, and it's how we experience uh, each other and, and new, new
0: places and stuff, and and new opportunities. So I'm looking forward to that more uh, virtual, less world. And on the subject of returning to normal and something that was said earlier, Brian, it sounds like we should probably look toward 2021 in two distinct phases. The first half as largely a continuation of the status quo, and then the second half when we might truly start to see an appreciable rebound.
1: Yeah, I think you'll have the early adopters that feel like Superman after their two vaccinations, you know, heading out and trying to return to life as normal. Others, you have to change your behavior. They've been trained to stay away. But over time, you know, it won't be totally uh, resolved by the end of next year. But just as time goes on, more and more people will get comfortable for traveling by airliner or by business, jet, and Things will start to return to normal.
0: Richard, as Rolly mentioned, we recently saw perhaps another portent of conditions to expect in the first half of 2021 with the cancellation of the Paris air show that had been planned for late June.
3: Yeah, boy, that Paris thing certainly felt like a bit of a blow because I thought that might be a good natural breakwater point between the first and second half. It's pretty clear, given the efficacy of the vaccines and the speed at which they're starting to be distributed that, uh, you know, things are going to look very good in the second half. The main thing that people have been looking at is because of the disaster in commercial jets, when revenue passenger kilometers will be back in scheduled air transport. And it's sort of been, some people say, late 2023. Some people, like IATA, most notoriously moved to 2024. I'm not entirely sure why it won't be 2022, I mean I'm I'm because of the data that's that's coming out about the vaccines and distribution we could be looking at just a fantastic rebound. We still have 2023 to be on the safe side, but you know if that's true for commercial air transport then bizav should be fantastic in the second half of 2021.
2: Rolly, clearly the second half we're all looking forward to that future point where the restrictions start falling, quarantining is no longer the issue, you can't take a business trip and and put yourself in a sealed room for two weeks it just doesn't that trip doesn't occur so uh, obviously you know some sort of normalcy whatever that looks like in the future we're looking forward to I wonder a little bit about our younger generation the the children who are not being uh, you know in a school environment right now or they're being shielded from neighbors and family and you know there's this whole generation of people who need to get curious about business aviation aviation just generally one day I think some ongoing uh, communication and and education opportunities to continue to excite people about our industry. And I think NBAA in in particular is doing a great job, Gamma and others. But boy, there is no shortage of work to be done there to keep our industry relevant. Flying is a good thing. Going, traveling, meeting people, great thing. And we've now raised children for the last seven, eight months to to sort of be shielded. So I, I think we need to keep that in mind. I think overall on the new aircraft side, I mentioned we're looking at a forecast up 7% in terms of units next year already. So that's a positive. If you look at where we've been, uh, particularly in the pre-owned market this year, which is three to four, sometimes five times the volume of new. So we look at those to give us a read on where the markets are going. If you look at inventory for sale, the number of used airplanes, used jets that are out there, it's actually declining we're at just around 9% of the world fleet uh, was available for sale about five days ago. We were at 18% 12 years ago, 11 years ago, after the global financial crisis. We are actually seeing declining inventory. Sales have been fairly robust for the first 10 months of the year on a trailing 12 months basis. We're, we're just off about six points. I mean, this, is, this industry has done quite well through the pandemic. Uh, we're only off you know, single digit. On the pre-owned side, and and people are, are are experimenting with ownership. I think even for the first time at the lower end of our market. So whereas you know 11, 12 years ago it was you know the big cabin did well and continued to do well and didn't feel the uh, the effects really of the recession. It's the opposite now. It's the lower end. It's actually doing quite well, and and people are experimenting. I was talking to a, a very significant dealer of, of aircraft in the middle of Europe last week, and he was telling me that he's feeling a euphoria amongst customers coming in who have been sitting on the sidelines waiting for things to get better. They want to get back. They want to get in their airplanes and fly.
0: If you're in the market for a new business aircraft, the NBAA Aircraft Transactions Guide provides insights about the regulatory, tax, financial, and transactional issues that are all part of an aircraft acquisition. Developed by members of the NBAA Tax Committee, the guide can be found at nbaa.org forward slash transactions. And that's the latest from the National Business Aviation Association. Remember, you can subscribe to all Flight Plan episodes at Apple Podcasts in the App Store, wherever you find your favorite podcasts, including by asking Alexa or another connected device, or download them from NBAA.org. I'm Rob Finfrock. Thanks for listening, and join us next week for a new episode of Flight Plan.